0: I'll tell you when the bar goes across. (laughs) We're good, Fraz.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Arrogance and Ales. I'm Fraz, he's JJ, that's Trevor, there's Josh, and our special guest this week is,
2: special guest, please introduce yourself. Uh, hi, my name is Brendan. I'm uh, from B United. My name is, yeah, We're not doing last names right here. We're not doxing ourselves. Uh, yeah, hi. Uh, I work for B United International. We're an importer. We also now have uh, OEC, which is a craft beer brewery. I've been doing it for good God, like 13 years at this point. Um, and yeah, I'm happy to be here. As always, I
1: must say agreed agreed as always the way we do it here on on arrogance and ales is we do beer reviews we talk about the beer news and we'd like get to know our guests a little better but with that let's start with what we're sipping on and let's change it up josh what are you
3: sipping on all right start with me i'm drinking this delicious (laughs) hard seltzer with antioxidants vitamin c Blueberry pomegranate. It's pretty good. Tastes like fucking... I might as well just get a seltzer and vodka and some fruit juice. Hard But
1: with that... Yeah. No. No more. I don't want to know what it looks like. I don't want to know what it's going like.
3: Sorry, guys. You're in for it because this is a seltzer lineup tonight. Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> you make Listen, summertime's coming up. Got to, you know... See. Watch these pomegranate. Pretty good. It tastes like. Oh my god! I'm hearing myself echo. Now.
0: Oh man, sorry. And, uh, <clears throat> I muted it. Oh okay. All right. Was oh,
1: so next we're gonna put JJ <laughs> in the penalty box. That's right. Walk away. Uh, Trevor, <laughs> what are you? Drinking?
4: Uh I figured I'd go with with one of one of Brendan's uh, beers from Be United. It's the nice. uh, old engine oil.
1: All right. Uh, Since this has literally a four paragraph untapped, Jesus man, why would you, since you're here, would you like to explain us this beer? Uh,
2: The Old Engine Ale? Sure. Uh, uh, It's, so they, (laughs) it's a Scottish ale, it's from a brewery called Harveston. Uh, The idea was when they created it, uh, we want to make a stout that has the body of an old ale because uh, I think at the time a stout was like you would think of like Guinness, something that was relatively low ABV, so they wanted like a six percent, uh, like really viscous, really thick, uh, and they called it a black ale because they thought if they called it a stout, people would be confused uh. at the time. Uh, so they made up their own style, uh, and it looks like engine oil, so that's what they named it after. I think the brewer also worked at like the four like. He was like a car engineer or worked at a car manufacturing plant or something. There's a lot of car uh, imagery in there, in their mythos. Trevor, what do you think?
4: Oh, it's, it's good. Uh, it's uh, roasty, toasty, chocolatey. It's got a, got a nice backbone to it. Real, really great mouthfeel in this beer. It's, it's fantastic.
2: I, sometimes, I call that a, it's a, a session imperial stout. Uh, where it has some of that big body and flavor, but only 6% alcohol. So, you know, if you're craving that, but don't want to get too drunk.
1: I will say this beer has been uh, checked in just a few times with just under 80,000 check-ins. Wow. It, it's a 3.75. Uh, yeah. And good. I like it. I like it. JJ, what are you drinking?
0: I'm starting off with... Uh... Dulteve? Is that how you pronounce that? Uh, yeah. I believe it's that. Dulteve? D-U-L-L-E-T-E-V-E for us.
1: Oh, I know what the mad bitch how to spell her name. I told you to ever say some shit like that to me.
0: Now, this is a this is a very carbonated Belgian triple, if I remember correctly. Um, it's, it's fantastic. I remember drinking this at the, the cheese pairing. And I loved it, man.
1: That is easily one of my favorite beers from your lineup, other than Zhao Zhu, because Zhao Zhu is a whole nother level of beauty. Oh yeah.
2: Um, yeah, that's I mean that's basically like a one person brewery too. Like he's been doing it like by himself since the eighties. Um, so it's like craft it's like European craft. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, so like this was a brewery. It they, like it was him and maybe, uh, I think two brothers. Maybe there's just one. Uh, they bought an old brewery that was kind of like Belgium. Obviously, had a ton of old breweries, and then there was a period where they're all kind of going out of business because you didn't need a brewery for every town, much less like three. So they bought it and re, you know, rehabbed it. Um, it's a crazy brewery because like the it's all kind of. It's not fully like gravity-based, but like the uh, mash and everything is like on the top floor, and things like run downwards from that um, old copper cool ship, like the bottle air, like um, gravity, like they run cold water through pipes and they pour beer over it, like so this super antique system um, that survived like not getting scrapped for ammo during World War II. Uh, yeah, they just make really unique
0: stuff. I'm getting a lot of heat from the uh, the 10%. Get the Belgian candy sugar. It's really nice. Um, It's a great Belgian triple.
1: Uh, If I
2: remember, the brewery also is a toy museum in the front. It's definitely got a bunch of – like, he's an artist as well. Part of why it's a one-person brewery is he's – uh, adamant that he doesn't want to work like more than four days a week. Uh, he only makes a certain amount of beer um, and does like he paints and does other stuff uh, the rest of the time. He's uh, Chris, the, the brewer and the guy from the Dole is the closest thing to an, a real life crazy genius that I've ever met. Like we did a thing where we're some of the brewers Calm and like working groups and taste something and then uh kind of rate it and like talk about like what we liked about different beers and his process was he had brought little printed out charts of like graphs and he'd be like okay like i want to draw on like this black this is bitter so that line is like it starts strong and then it like it trails off and the sourness that's red okay that's here and then he'd be like okay now look at the picture does this, pick, does this look like a good picture? And I'd be like, it's just lot. you picked those colors. And he's like, no, this beer's not in harmony. Now let me show you this. I'm like, okay. It's the closest, like, it's like synesthesia. He could like see, call it, see flavors in a way that I couldn't come along with. Oh, see, everything, everything about this dude I love.
1: I've heard so many stories. I've heard like, you're like, if you go visit the brewery, you can like reserve to have dinner. Sometimes he doesn't even show up. Um, he has his mom do the tours.
2: I don't sometimes. know if she, she's like, so, she's, she's very old now, but she definitely did up for, for her 90s. I don't know if she still does.
1: Yeah, I mean, this stuff is awesome. Does he not still hand-bottle them? Because I'm pretty sure those bottles never come in the same line.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, I think that's probably the case. <laughs> this,
1: is I that. this
0: is definitely a patient pour. It's not something that you're going to get a good pour the first time. Dude, the first part of your pour is going to be extremely carbonated. You want it to air out a little bit. You want it to reduce. You want to take a little sip off of that head to get those flavors. Right. This stuff is awesome. Does he know? And then, and then you can start pouring it, and the the head is just like it looks like mousse, like or lemon meringue. You know, the head on the top looks like lemon meringue if you can see that. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: I mean those bottles like. We have to do a little uh, – when we get it on draft, like, you can't – you could never have the draft the same carbonation he gets. Those bottles are, like, 4.5 volumes, uh, like, champagne level in there. And he's like, well, it's beer. It's supposed to be carbonated. And we're like, yeah, cool. But, like, it needs to be a little less carbonated if, if on draft, though. But in bottle, you can pour it slow, and you're and – it's great. You just have
0: to know how to do it. That's all. You just have to know what you're in for, and your expectations have to be what that is. That's all.
3: How large is his brew system that he's hand doing all of this on?
2: Good question. (laughs) I never know like how someone always tells me it's like, oh, it's 30 hectares. I'm like, cool. I'm never Mm going to remember that.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I think 14 hectares, like seven barrels, something like that. That might actually be completely wrong. How, How often are you guys getting this beer in? Is this like a once a year type
2: situation or is he pretty steadily
3: sending pretty, it out?
2: Yeah. So basically he makes the same amount no matter what. So like seven years ago when Belgian beer was hot, like we couldn't get enough of it to save our lives. And now this one's really, it's held up quite well compared to other Belgians. Uh, but we get the same amount and then it's just a little bit, We Now we have a, a nice amount and we, uh, we sell through it at a good pace, but we're not always running out of it. So
4: that's
2: great. Nice. And now we, um, not to skip out to my thing, but we can, we can them now.
1: Look at that. That's, oh, so now they just send them in them big containers. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, we get the bottles, we get the bottles from him, but uh, all the kegs and cans are, are canned and kegged here. That's awesome. Um,
1: 30,000 check-ins, 3.79. And nowhere can I find how big his system is. He does not list it anywhere.
2: It was just visually, it looked like a I feel like 10 barrel systems that I've seen. Like, it was not a huge <clears throat> system. All right. That could be wildly wrong.
1: <laughs> All right. I am going to drink a Maya Antonia. That is very vintage. How many years are you going to put on this one, bro?
2: Uh, it's got to be um i i don't think we brought that in after 2015 that would be i'd have to dig through my emails to find out when that actually uh stopped coming in but it's been a while uh that was the and that's an imperial pilsner it's a collaboration with dogfish head and uh beer del borgo who uh was a brewery used to bring in but they um uh, they got bought, and they ended up not. Uh, they don't go come through us anymore. Um, and I don't think they ever brought this beer back. So I don't know. Maybe not in the best of shape. they
1: they they did bring it back uh, for a price point that you wouldn't even imagine. It came in beautiful, beautiful champagne magnums, uh-huh. and they wanted like thirty thirty five dollars to the customer. All right, I'm going okay.
2: to for a Magnum. Yeah, I got to be honest when because you know they have four point
3: five percent Pilsner.
2: No, it's seven point five.
3: Oh, is this, okay. Oh, that's no. it. I think I still have a bottle of that. Max. I need to go through my beer cellar.
2: Yeah, they they definitely they weren't made to be cellar. That's that's for sure. Yeah, you know. <laughs> they were good when they were fresh. I'll say that.
1: Okay, uh, it's not good, but it smells like it's going to be the worst thing I've ever drank, and we it's just not-
3: Olive situation?
1: Uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, just dead death, hop death, and malt, and no. And yeah, it didn't let dead, no. You're 100% right.
4: How old was that again?
1: Uh, we're guessing six years, seven?
2: yeah i would think so
1: okay wait i can do this when did i open cnc because that's what the bottle is from uh yeah 2015 so six years yeah six years Yeah. (laughs) yeah no
3: no no oh really i feel like you got those in a while after cnc was open though i remember when those came in
1: uh, no, See you remember You remember them. when
2: we got the big ones. You remember when we got the big ones. Yeah, because we said it like a couple of times. I think like when they first came in, they would move through periodically. Oh, I agree.
1: Uh, 26,000 just over check-ins, 3.8%. It's actually a really good beer
2: if you can find it. Fresh. Oh, uh, Brendan, what are you sipping on? Uh, so I rated my sample cooler for today. I'm in a hotel if you can't tell. Uh, so I'm drinking the Oral, which is uh, from De Dole, same as De Theve. Uh, this is based on their Ara beer, uh, which is their kind of um, hoppy, like a little brat, like kind of Orval-esque uh, Belgian pale ale. This combines it with water to make it uh, lower, 6%, more of a sessiony, uh, drinkable beer. Uh, brewer, uh, label designed and drawn by the brewer, uh, very much in his style. Um, And yeah, and then canned here in the U.S.
1: 622 check-ins, 3.7. All right. With that, first round over, I think it's time for what's in the news. (laughs) All right. Let's start with good news because shit, we don't normally. Uh, operating craft brewery count hits all-time high of 8,764 breweries. Despite difficulties, hundreds more breweries opened last year. Actually, 716 breweries opened last year, helping drive that count. Notably, breweries uh, were... Openings were down 30%, which is crazy, because that means there was over 1,000 breweries opened in 2019. But... uh, And even with 350 breweries closing, it's still up. So, you know, as they say, sit tight. They have not found all hibernating, quote unquote breweries, have not decided which way they're going. But uh, the biggest was that uh, uptick was in taproom breweries. Um, Taproom breweries sell 25% of their volume at the brewery itself. And now there are literally Almost half of all the breweries in the country are those type of breweries. So when we start to look at that, the more breweries that open, the average production per brewery keeps dropping. That's also very interesting, and it's uh, it fell last year. Out of those 8,700 plus breweries that opened, uh, just over the average, just over 2,600 barrels in 20, 2020. That doesn't seem very much when you ah. consider. Gosh, how much? Do you know how much you made last year?
3: <clears throat> uh, probably like four to five thousand barrels.
1: Yeah, it says the average is five thousand. So, oh wow, also, really? Yeah, it says the um, almost half of the. Yeah, the average is about seventeen. Oh no, you're right. the The average is thirty two hundred barrels. Okay. Per brewery. Yeah, that was
3: year one. We were probably like two thousand to three thousand area doubled, but I don't think a lot of distro breweries are doing that at this point. Yeah, like like you said, it's in house sales.
1: Yeah, actually, it said in two thousand and nineteen, the average brewery did brew five thousand barrels, which is an or no, I'm sorry, in two thousand and fifteen, in fifteen, and that's because you know what, six years ago. It was just all big boys. It wasn't like you know this huge craft movement. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. There's also less breweries. When there's less breweries, there's more barrelage per. You know, you're dividing a pie into yeah. wedges.
3: Yeah. Yeah. This is stonks talk. JJ knows all about this. All right. <laughs> Yo, AMC's gonna squeeze soon. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking had
1: to. Diamond <laughs> strong, bitches. I'm strong. <laughs> of course you did the cha-ching. All right. So, something we do on this show is because I couldn't drink that first one. So I need, uh, I need y'all, somebody. And you know what? We'll let the guests. Brendan, why don't you pick my next beer? I have Urban Refuge from Torch and Crown. I have Rabbit Rabbit from Light uh, Lamplighter. I have The Finstones from KCBC. I have Pops and Crimes from Foam. Yep, from Foam. And I have Laced in Space from Other
2: Half. Was the, is Pops and Crimes, that's the one that has like the skeleton cage on it? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm spooky, so I'm going to vote for that one. Okay. Hey, man,
1: what the guest wants, what Lola wants, Lola gets. All right. Pops and Crimes uh, from Foam Brewers, a New England triple IPA. So Josh is very interested in this because somebody is on his effing corner. Double dry hops with copious amounts of Enigma and Citra hops. This 10% beer is a monster though, through and through. Tropical hop aromas are bursting out, complemented with some mild berry notes and a soft but resinous finish. Just under 4,200 check-ins, a Four, three, four. All righty, kids.
0: Whoa. I wouldn't. That's. <laughs> but... Gosh, material.
1: <laughs> All right. So it's a little more see through than I expected from a New England.
2: Yeah, I don't know I if like it's your it. lighting, but it's got kind of an ecto cooler sort of like vague greenish tint, uh, at least on my computer screen. Mm-hmm.
3: I feel there. like that's his lighting. Yeah, but it looks it like be... kind of yellow and like it's I think the fact that you can see through it is making it kind of green looking. Mm.
4: Which
3: is like a
2: weird cause it's it look like a game. Like... <laughs> what, what's the date it's... on that? All his beers are from like seven years ago. Uh, <laughs>
3: this is a 2014 foam triple IPA. <laughs>
1: 314.
3: 314. Oh so that's, less than a month. Uh, all right, yeah. Yeah um that's just crazy it. for a triple to be like thin like that like you can see through it
1: i i don't love it and i usually mm. really like their stuff
3: what what hops were in there
1: did it say uh, it's enigma and citra yeah. oh yeah that's right <clears throat> and so, i love enigma
3: Tasting <laughs> so. notes what do you what do you take what are you getting like so strength, citrus, or no, just like no. weird, like
1: it, it's like a weird, like the the alcohol isn't that like fuselage, like too high taste, but it comes right in the back end. So you get a light, little tropical note in the beginning, and I'm like, okay, this is gonna be the fun rise I wanted, a fun ride I want to be on. But before it goes up like this, the alcohol just comes in and just says nasan. And I just, I know.
4: Are you getting like a dry, have... <laughs> sweet bite on the back end?
1: Yeah, it's super dry. I really don't like how sure. super dry it is.
4: It might be an arrogance in Ales first for Oz is having a hard time getting drunk. <laughs> well, like you got to I mean, chug it at
2: this point. He's kind of selling me on, on this beer that you don't. I'm like, oh, dry finish? Like, all right. I'm, <laughs> I'm not normally a New England IPA guy, but if you're dry in the finish, I'm, I'll give it a taste.
3: Well, that's the secret to getting a nice triple IPA to hide the ABV. You got to have a nice dry finish. That was, we were talking about that zombie fog, whatever, yesterday, for as, that, that like there, but there's a balance in between that crazy sweet, like boozy finish and a dryness uh, that I think ABV can hide
1: behind. Yeah. And then now but, that it coats my tongue, it's just a little heavy on the multi for me, which, no, you're 100% right. I'm going to be disappointed if I'm not drunk at the end of this. But Trevor, <laughs> no worries. We got four more beers for, for the Dazzle. Yeah. Well,
4: we'll I think, you, I think you'll, you'll be okay. I got faith in
1: you. Considering my psychopath ass is like nothing but triples and doubles. <laughs> All right. Uh, anybody else crack the beer or is it time for me to go to topic number?
4: I'm gonna three? I'm going to open my second one.
1: Oh, okay. No, get your (laughs) Bud Light seltzer out of here, Josh. What?
4: What? I hate it if anybody
1: is. (laughs) (laughs) What for the love of ODB are you drinking or sipping on?
4: It's the Inner Borough Lifted.
1: Oh yeah,
2: Josh, you're on mute.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Was I supposed to be talking? Sorry.
2: I, know, I thought oh. you were talking.
3: <laughs> Go on. What were you drinking?
1: Lifted.
4: There it is. Oh, it it smells great.
1: All right. Hazy IPA. Aromas of pineapple, mango, and fresh lime zest. Flavors of freshly sque- sque- squeezed OJ and fruity pebbles. Squeeze. With a light body. <laughs> Easy for you to <laughs> say. Light body and smooth mouthfeel, hopped with citra, cryo citra, cashmere, and motica. Six percent, only 18 people have checked that beer in. Look at you, hype juice king!
4: About to and be 19. Get, oh, it, awesome. Get it, Trevor. <laughs> so,
2: yeah. what do you think?
4: I'm gonna be honest, I really only bought this because it said it had a fruity pebbles taste. And they aren't wrong. It's delicious. <laughs> good. Lunch. That was nice.
3: That was a nice buildup. I thought you were about to say it was terrible.
1: That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> I got to hide my face now.
3: ever a of suspense over
2: here. Look at this. Who would have known? Who would have known? Pulled the real uh, Simon Cowell on that one. I did. It did. All right.
0: I want to drink a beer.
2: I'm oh,
0: I'm going to do the Harveston's Oladu 18-year-old. Um, this is a – what's the base beer in this, Brennan?
2: So it's actually a version of the old engine oil that uh, Trevor was drinking that before, right?
0: Yeah, so the- Asian Highland Park barrels, 18-year-old – an 18-year-old Highland Park single malt scotch barrels. Uh, before I break into this, um, it says smoky – it says smoky whiskey. Now I find some PD scotches um, to be a little medicinal. You know what I mean? Um, is 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 that what is that what this is or no?
2: I don't find. I'm not a whiskey expert uh, by a long shot, but I didn't find the. I like, I have had like PD whiskey and, and beers aged in like PD uh, barrels, and I haven't. I feel like there's more of like a. Uh, No, I haven't gotten like a peaty taste to uh, that one.
0: I get sweet, I get sweet notes out of this. I don't get a lot of, I don't get a lot of barrel, which is okay. Hmm. Wow. It is very smoky. It's awesome. Um, No, none of that peaty earthy flavor that I don't like. Um, I will definitely buy this again. This is this is fantastic. Um, I I I do like to experiment with Petey single malt scotches, just because it's something that I want to learn to like. You know what I mean? Um, and so I was hoping it didn't have it because I just don't like that flavor in beer. So this is perfect. This is really great. Yeah,
2: Pete's definitely like I like it sometimes, and other times I'm just not. It's definitely not an all the time food for me.
1: Agreed. It's just if I want a lefrog, I'll drink a Lafrog, or LaFarge, or however the hell you're supposed to pronounce it, and then I no, get. No, it's
3: LaFarge, LaFarge. Yeah, that was right. It's French for the frog. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: frog. Well, uh, you're bringing in next uh, tomorrow. We get the
2: J.W. Lee's. Oh. Yeah, and that's the one that's the beer that that tastes like pee. Oh, does it really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I want to try that. I want to try it just for experimental purposes. I'm
4: looking for
2: that, to do. Yeah. Um, Because that, like, you know, it's a 10% English barley wine aged and all these, and the whiskey, the Scotch whiskey, the Lagavulin is the one that most, like, just takes over the beer and it just comes like, a sort of sweet rich whiskey in, like, a weird way. Um. yeah that's the one where the beer stands out the least and really just totally merges with the barrel
1: the, the JW lease that's my favorite uh, you guys did an event in Philly years ago that I came to and you gave me like a 5 year old age uh, harvest ale mm-hmm. and I was like yes thank you It tasted amazing I love that beer that
2: was we, just... we're selling we were selling 2001s which were amazing and now we're we have 2002s um, which are also really like there's so much like we have 2008 and then we jump and like the super super old ones are so incredible really
1: yeah. they haven't oxidized or turned into cardboard or I mean
2: they have oxidized they, they've definitely like changed but like I just um, Something happens where like I drink one of the middle aged ones. I'm like, oh, this is very good. Not a huge barley wine guy. And then the 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 twenty year olds. I'm like, holy moly, like those really do it for me. They like lose a lot of the sweetness. Weirdly, like yeah, it's hard to explain. But
4: it's yeah. a big
0: fan. two that we had on that pre order was it did really well. People are very interested in what that two thousand two tastes like. Yeah,
1: yeah. you save me a bottle. Save 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 Maybe. me a bottle. Maybe. also there's something to say about a 20 year old you know at 20 years old they lose their sweetness but I'm just gonna keep it moving uh you know so uh very interesting here GABF is once again not going to happen this year and we're going they're not going to do it until October of 2022 uh you know the big thing is that the This does a lot of, it it employs a lot of people for the the, the Brewers Association. They, uh, you know, have lost about 70% of their revenue and 40% of their staff. And this is going to become a very slim year for them. But in good news, they have decided, though, to go forward with CBC. CBC will take place in Denver in September. Let me tell you, if you ever have a good time, kids, if you can ever get to a craft brewers conference anywhere near you, go. It is, um, how do I put this politically correct? A dick measuring contest between the breweries who just pull out the best stuff and go, here, this is my shit. And then you see the brewer sitting there drinking his shit, talking trash, to the other brewer who's got the other seven taps in whatever random bar you walk into it's an awesome time and a lot of fun and actually it's very educational if you go to any of the lectures or anything too
0: yeah I went to see the the, the gray Lodge during the last CBC in Philadelphia it was it was awesome
2: yeah it's actually like one of the closest bars to my house so I haven't well I mean, I haven't been there in a while I wonder I wonder what's going on um, yeah but yeah, no, that's a great bar. But yeah, CDC, like they took over down, like I did some event for it and then I like met up with my wife. And I'm like, cool, let's just like go do something not work related. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I can't go to any of the places I like because they're swarmed with people, um, which is awesome. But we had to like, <laughs> we had to leave t- like the center of town to just go do something uh, non-craft beer uh, or- related. Just eat a slice yeah. of pizza.
1: Yeah, your event in Philly was at. Um, hold on, uh, what's it called? World Cafe Live.
2: That was oh, yeah. uh, that was our distributors yeah. thing, uh, like the Shanghai's big trade show event, and then yep. we had a thing at a uh, Tria Tap Room.
3: Yep.
0: Um, that was the first time I met you up for Cocoa in person.
3: Oh, aren't you lucky? It
0: went really well. <laughs>
1: All right, on that note, JJ, why don't you pick my next beer to take?
0: <laughs> What do you got there?
1: I got Laced in Space, Rabbit Rabbit, Urban Refugee, or Meet the Finstones.
0: So do the Meet the Finstones.
1: All right, Meet the Finstones. Or I'm sorry, it's just the Finstones. It is a KCBC beer uh let's see here completely bam bam with a bronto burger sized hop edition of citra mosaic simcoe and sabro all right for notes of pineapple on pineapple on passion fruit on pine doesn't sabro give you coconut uh an excessive quantity of flaked wheat for excessively soft mouthfeel and smooth finish as french flintstone says yabba dabba drink it I am. So, we got 240 check-ins, 4.21. There we go. There's the how I want my god dang New England IPAs to look and how I want
2: them to smell. Oh, yes. Is that the one? This is Pine on Pine on Pine on Pineapple? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, bring it. Um... Yeah, no, I really like this beer. I very much enjoy it. I'm really not picking up the coconut. And Josh, right, I'm not wrong, but sab, uh, sab, Sabro Hops usually has a coconut flavor, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, I'm not talking.
3: They did a good job at hiding that.
2: Yeah.
1: I hate coconut.
3: <laughs> no, but I mean, if it, it, mixed with the right hops, you can get a nice, you know, just tropical pineapple kind of flavor but i think a lot of people uh you know when they taste pineapple they think coconut too
1: huh. well uh thank god i'm not one of those people because i'm like you i can survive coconut it's not my favorite but i do love pineapple um also funny that you hate coconut yet you've made a wandering in the fog sad bro i'm just gonna keep it moving uh, I
3: don't make beers for me buddy
1: or they'd just be stupid pilsners or whatever what's your what's the salty boy you're drinking now they're
3: just boys. bud light watermelon mojitos uh,
1: bud light out of office pack
3: <laughs> is that a good commercial come on bud light sponsor our podcast <sighs> Spons- okay listen, listen. <laughs> they want to sponsor
1: the podcast yeah 100 percent.
3: sponsor abomination brewing company <laughs> By the way, we have... actually this shit's terrible. To be one hundred percent honest,
2: <laughs> you're <laughs> never even sponsored now.
3: Mm. By the way, we haven't really mentioned
0: hit that freaking subscribe
4: button.
0: <laughs> Shit, you know, hit the like button. It truly helps us out. Faraz got us in the AC Beer Week. We're off
3: to the moon. <laughs> We're gonna be. We're taking of, Atlantic uh... City to the moon. <laughs> Yeah, That's like, the only place it needs to go. We need to get that shit out of here. Let's go. Would you like to
1: see two bald guys, one balding guy, uh, Ginger with a moulet, get really hammered? Come down to AC Beer Festival.
2: We're going to be there. It might even be this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be this podcast. It's exactly what it is. I just you spent thought it two was hours crazy watching the wrong guy.
3: Trump Tower in AC. It's about to get blown up. That was, I guess. I should have had fucking more of these shelters beforehand. <laughs>
1: yeah, you should have. Strangely, I'm not usually happy when people are drunk when we start the podcast. You, on the other hand, are better. Um, all right. So if anybody hasn't moved on, we'll go to our next topic. No? No? Anybody? Beulah? Beulah? No? So here's a guy. Here's just... Honestly, just knives in Frazz's heart. <sighs> RTD coffee, energy drink, alcoholic energy drinks are the next seltzer. I swear. If we're I had recycling enough. Recycling
3: this, right? Because wasn't this uh, years ago? I remember you. drinking Poor Sparks in high school. Yeah. Poor yeah Loco. before that, sparks were the thing. I did sparks and balls. I and well, balls be. weren't alcoholic. Sparks were fucking. <laughs> like mm-hmm. basically
2: energy drink vodka in a can and they're like here you go kids I just can't to Except- out on the beach in a beautiful sun just crack open a nice black alcoholic black coffee <laughs> sounds awesome not
3: mm-hmm. sure this has been going on for a while too yeah. with PBR so uh, well else? somebody else was
1: doing that bomber uh Bravo. that's rebel but yeah rebel there's a couple brands yeah uh rtd coffee is nearly the size of the hard seltzer category at 4.5 billion in revenue holy shit what yeah where the the fuck is drinking
3: this no way dude i just walked into a beer distributor today and half the store was like literally not even joking half the store is seltzer there had to be fucking three cases of PBR coffee in that entire place. If there's, there's a no coffee way. seltzer,
2: what does that count as? Both? Oh, Well, I think yeah, it's
3: a paradigm shifter right there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I knew I knew when I walked in and I saw a Christmas seltzer pack. I'm like, oh, oh I, I don't know how deep this well goes.
3: We threw a whole pine tree in this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: was like a... Like a gingerbread seltzer. Like, not, not what I usually think of. You know how oh, my
3: the, fucking God. Seriously? You know how the, seltzer,
2: or the, uh, the slushies are in the EPA?
0: So, if Rebel or one of those companies would create a 10 to 12% hard iced coffee to put in the slushy machine, it would be game over for everybody else.
4: That does sound pretty... Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't why someone hasn't done that yet. It's, I know it makes so much sense.
1: Just take the notes over here. I was just <laughs> gonna say, there you go, Josh. Like I don't believe
3: no. these numbers though. That's insane. Are you buying that much shit, JJ? I mean you're no, like you would see no. this, right? Like, where are these numbers coming from? No, Dude, if that was the case, you would start seeing like hard coffee joints opening no. up. Nineteen <laughs> hazy hard coffees on tap. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised though that seltzers that that is not a thing. Like a uh, hard seltzery places haven't opened up that you can just go have eighteen different fruit flavors of seltzer.
2: The uh, um, it would- they got those nitro co- like the non-alcoholic nitro uh, canned coffees. Mm-hmm. If they make those alcohol, oh, no, I'm, still, I, Ooh, I'd be I'm into too that. old to drink coffee at That'd night. i would be like so a I have to get drunk though. in the morning. Yeah, yeah.
3: Because those are like eight ounces. Though I agree with you. I love those. Crack that open, but really, just being, a, being an adult alcoholic, you just put vodka. In that. Like- yeah. Correct. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's the whole That's- thing with all of these cocktails. Like yeah. in Connecticut, it's this whole. I think high noon is what it is. And yep. they call it a seltzer, but it's not a seltzer. It's fucking vodka. It's a mixed drink in a can. And I don't understand why just make your own fucking mixed drinks.
1: Just it's so not crappy. considered a seltzer. It makes no sense.
3: It makes no- says seltzer on it.
2: Well, like, didn't they sell, like, crappy... I feel like when I was, like, young, I would go and you'd see, like, shitty mixed drinks in a can were yeah, like They a were Yeah, they were... Oh, what were they fucking...
3: Those Seagram Sevens ones yeah, yeah, and... Yeah. Uh, yeah, anything along those lines. It was the, water, the wine
2: coolers and shit like that. So it's just like a rebrand. And, and yeah, the first time you had yeah. an alcoholic seltzer, it's like, just buy a seltzer. But everyone was like, yeah, but what if it already had the alcohol in it? Like, <laughs> time saver. Listen, it's
1: for the hazy bros to walk around. And, like, here's the thing. If you want to have, like, your hard seltzer, like, tap room, you would have to put it in a resort town. If you put one in Vegas, 100%. you put one like an AC on the boardwalk, it would work because you know you get hazy boys and chicks who want to, you know, and people who want to worry about their their weight, just be crushing them, bro. Crushing them, bro. No laurels when you're drinking cars.
0: It's like the margarita drive-throughs in, in
1: New Orleans. Yeah, there you go. Same, same thing. Same thing. All right. I can't. No work. We're done with that topic. There is more. It was all about the energy, alcoholic energy drinks, and <laughs> rocks doing one of them. I don't know. No, who no. cares? Okay. I don't care. Oh, what I find interesting is, is Molson cores is going to deprioritize. That's a wonderful word for get rid of certain brands, and one of them is a brand that I remember back in the day. So the brands they're going to deprioritize are cores Extra Gold. Keystone Premium and Red Dog. Come on, the dog, son. Smith & Forge Hard Cider and Crispin, which they bought in less than 10 years ago for $100 million. Wow.
2: So do you
0: remember, and, and I remember this, is, you know, I got 30 fucking years in this business. Coors Extra Gold used to be Coors, Coors best beer it was their premium beer it was the higher end it was like the Michelob of Budweiser's right then they deprioritized it one time it came down to sub-premium now you know we still sell Trevor how about it how much do we sell
4: extra gold yeah well it's been discontinued so not a lot after right yeah but Apparently, 90% of their sales are in Pennsylvania, and I, I didn't go to that
2: anymore. What? Yes. That <laughs> fuck? It's actually That's- one guy.
4: <laughs> yeah, Huge PA beer, and uh, they kind of stopped, they, they deprioritized it and kind of weren't making it for a little bit there, and people were getting real upset, but apparently it's only in Pennsylvania where people are getting upset because nobody buys how about, the, how about the Miller
0: Coors rep that came in? He says, my numbers next year are going to be awful. He says, we sell 90% of, Coor, uh, uh, of Coors Extra Golds nationally in Eastern PA, and it's all my numbers, and it's going away.
2: <laughs> Someone's got to buy that recipe and just start making uh extra nold or whatever.
1: They do. It's called Natty Bo. Like, Jesus, come on, people. <laughs> uh, they are also pausing production of uh, certain skews. This is the long, this is some of the interesting ones. I almost don't believe some of the names on this. Core's Banquet, Keystone
3: Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you say banquets getting paused? Mm hmm the fuck? What
4: are people going to
3: drink? What am I
1: going to (laughs) drink? Dude. Miller High Life. Miller High Life. Those are my two beers. Yo, High
0: Life, those are fighting words.
2: What's going to be the cheapest beer in a (laughs) concert venue?
1: MGD. Ice House. Ham's. Oh, your alcoholics are gonna fucking riot. Oh my, yeah, my you, god, where am, you, am I gonna, gonna get two dollars and ten cents six packs from founders? My hands from Sheet. reds, reds, apple ale, core's edge. I don't even know what the hell that is. <laughs> what fuck is that? That's key a key that light exists online. Key lightful, also what and what Miller 64
3: MGD
0: 64. Yeah, Miller Miller 64 was their low-calorie attempt at dethroning Ultra, basically. No, they're launching the Miller GameCube
2: after that, right? What? After the Miller 64, they're... Uh, The next one's GameCube. The the GameCube.
1: (laughs) Then they have the high-end
2: one, the Miller Wii. Yeah. (laughs) And then you make the switch to a different (laughs)
1: tier.
2: That was good. I, like it. <laughs> <laughs> I got a new beer. Uh, I'm drinking cider now, by the way. Oh, oh, all right. What are we drinking? What are we drinking? This, this is a Gurrit I'll keep it on there for the spelling to save you. Thank you. you. Um, this is a Basque cider. Got it. Uh, so they age this in uh, giant barrels that you can eat lunch in if you want. Uh, they basically like macerate it, put it in a huge barrel, leave it there all winter. Come back in the spring. You're supposed to um, pour this from a three foot height into a glass, but because it's
1: the long pour. Yeah. Yeah,
2: but because I'm in a hotel, um, I'm just drinking out of the can, which you shouldn't do. But it's it's pretty darn good. So is it just straight flat since you didn't do the long pour? It's pretty flat, yeah. But it's got like a nice sourness to it. It's relatively dry with a little bit of sweetness and some funky apple flavor.
1: 154 check-ins, 4.5 ABV three six seven but it's untapped in ciders they're just unreliable for ciders
2: Yo, how many grams of sugar are in that Uh oh maybe this will tell me oh yeah i forget that on cider they have to actually give you the um nutritional information or it's not total a total sugars uh two grams that's not bad that's
0: a good that's really good because you know zero is really dry and then you know angry orchard crisp is 28 grams wow
2: a little sweetness is is a little is good you know what i mean yeah so this is only 150 calories which i assume is uh beer really has it easy where they don't have to tell you that like the beer you like is you know 700 calories a can
1: (laughs) yeah josh (laughs) (laughs)
2: 700
3: that's a low end (laughs) <laughs> Drink one of my pastry stuff. I was just gonna the say, last, should I go get that last midnight snacks? Gotta be
1: like, I was just gonna say, should I go get oh, that one 1300 out of the fridge right calories.
3: Now? Jesus Christ, thirteen
1: hundred calories! My God. <laughs> dude.
3: Fifteen <excuse me>. <sighs> <like> percent. Yeah. Oh, <sighs> I'm like I'm like crying about this course banquet beer. Like, <laughs>
4: Jesus. <laughs> I love how uh, Untapped gives you. So when we put the uh, beers up on the, the draft board at work at the store, uh, untapped will tell you how many calories are in a 64-ounce growler. And it's like, Yeah, no, that is coming off of there. We don't think people <laughs> need to eat that. Uh, those like those
3: numbers aren't even real, too. That's, like, low-end, because it's just going off of the ABV. So the <laughs> other shit, if it's, like, some sort of pastry something, there is, you can, might as well double that shit. Oh, God. No. Man, I don't think about that stuff.
1: Exactly, Man. exactly. All right, neither. That's why I'm drinking salt. tears. Kins, laced in space, rabbit rabbit, or urban refugee? What's the highest ABV laced in space? No, hold on, let's see, 8-5. Eight, five, eight, five, eight, five. Wow, yeah. wow, That's, Jesus, what? Wow, wow, you should I win this one.
3: Copy and paste here. What was it again? Sorry, I can't see.
1: They're all a uh, laced in space, other half. Do you
3: know lighter lamp have lamplighter?
2: Lamplighter? All right.
3: Yeah. Have you ever been there? It's a pretty cool spot.
2: No. Nah. Josh, can I ask you a question? You're a brewer, right? I am. How accurate are the ABVs that people put on cans? Like Great our, our package. Great question. <clears throat> Uh, I, I mean, legally, they're 100% accurate, I'm sure. But like, hypothetically, legally, they have to be
3: plus or minus 0.5%, I think, from the TTB. Ours are very accurate just because we're brewing on, like, we're putting I, out 60 put to it. 90 barrels of beer. A lot of, like, smaller breweries, I'm sure, are just fucking winging it. Oh, we already have labels. Uh, and nobody's going to test it you know what's the ttb going to do walk into a fucking liquor beer distributor store grab a random can and test it no, I, thought the
0: I thought the ttb thought um, the had a plus or
3: minus 2% 2 no it can't be 2 i think it's i think it's 0. 0.5 <clears throat> and then i think it varies between state
1: uh what was that that one brewery that they actually but that's nothing 0.5
3: oh, percent. The reason they use that is because it's like the NA. Maybe it's maybe it's the state of PA that I think has a
0: two percent variant. something it's I read
3: cpa PA doing something that they can't even it was either this for or sure
0: or PA had a two percent variant. If you registered something at seven percent or whatever it was, like you could vary
3: two percent either way. Two whole percent or 0.2 percent. Two whole percent. Wow. wow. Well, that's
1: insane.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think federally it's 0.5%. Uh, <laughs> but we've had a few beers that have been like whatever. It's like, oh, the label says 7.7, seven, and this is at a 7.9 or 7.5 or something like that. Stupid. It's like, wow, well, what the fuck are we going to do? Reprint 10,000 labels or roll with it. That's why they give you that leeway, because it's there's, you can't really... Get it pinpointed exactly every single time. So,
1: uh, there but, was uh, one brewery that was famously busted. Uh, shit. Josh, you know it too. It's one that sells all the fruited sours. Is it like
2: well,
1: north it was, um, 410 uh, 450 four, north? Yeah, 450 north because they For were slushy
3: XL, yeah, John's or whatever the fuck yeah. those things are out of. They know. were advertising
1: that their fruited sours were like five percent. And some guy was like, she drank too. And he was like, there's no alcohol in this. And the guy got really mad and he wrote letters. And then all of this was posted and he wrote letters being like, no, this isn't right. And they were like, yeah, it is. And he's like, well, oh, that yeah, did sent sound
3: to a lab. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's like, <laughs> I'm chemist, like, and I have a lab sent it to the lab and they, and, and he sent a whole case of their beer and not one of them came over two and a half percent. So, yeah, they got a big uh, – that blew up all over the internet. Yeah. But, all right, so let's look at this beer here. Let me pull it back up on my – and it's funny that the description in Untapped is not as good as the one on the can. A drinkable New England-style double IPA with Citra, Amarillo, and Idaho 7. This beer is a variable juice bomb boasting huge hop flavors of mango, melon, and ripe fruit. Again – New York City, you are rather clear for fucking New England.
3: New York, lamplighter is uh, Boston, I think. Is it?
1: It looks thin
3: and it sounds thin.
1: You're 100% right. Cambridge, Mass. Yeah. My bad. I bought it in New York. Um,
3: I've been there. Uh, it was a cool spot. Very white. Like the entire place is white, like the walls and shit, not the people. Like <laughs>
1: I'm like, <"Well,
3: laughs>
1: I was looking at me
3: like, uh, people, everybody in there is
2: white. Well, so yeah,
3: obviously, and it's a brewery, but every all the walls, like I remember walking in there, was like super dark <laughs> at night. We went in there at, like 10 p.m. It was like, so, so what is, it is happening here? It's so bright. So far in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, much cooler. Yeah. Beer was a lot better,
1: though. Yeah. I have had many lamplighters. No. Uh, shit, am I just... Did yeah. yeah. um, a
4: real sad night for you, for us. Real sad. Yeah, what's the what's is, canned on man. date on
2: that?
1: It's six days old. It's six nothing oh, days
2: old. Man. Maybe it hasn't gotten there yet. Maybe you need to wait.
1: I don't know where it's going because it's a multi as AF for it. I can see your shirt through it. Yeah, exactly. No, no. I mean, yeah, just no. All your beers have been awesome. The first one that makes me sad. And it's a cool name and a cool ass can. Mother.
3: That beer's been around for a while. I think that's one of their uh, regular releases, isn't it?
1: 20,000 check-ins, over 20,000 check-ins. Over a four on Untapped, I- I'm just going crazy today. Maybe it's just so <clears throat> angry now. All right, There's... anybody else picked anything new lately?
2: Yeah, I'm drinking this Bud Light
1: Strawberry Daiquiri Seltzer. Muted, muted. Now,
0: <laughs> yo, we're six minutes out from an hour-long video, so let's get this rolling. I'm trying, oh man. God. I'm trying.
1: Oh yeah, we're normally in. Oh, you're we norm- to the meat of the podcast now. <laughs> this is the meat, and okay. you know what? Let's let's go to the it meat. It just started. Is... We haven't gotten
3: anywhere yet.
1: <laughs> no, no, we, we really haven't gone where we want to go. But we have a guest, Brendan. All right. Tell us about your path. I mean, thirteen years. God dang, that's a
2: that's impressive. Uh, yeah, I um, uh, what did I? So I went to. I'm from Connecticut originally. Uh, I went to college and then didn't do well and I had to kind of leave and then go back in again. Uh, And in my final semester, I started working at Whole Foods um, as a cashier just to get money. And I quickly um, transitioned over to the specialty department, uh, became a beer buyer in about like a year or so. Um, And then in that time, graduated from school and was like, oh, I need to. I really actually liked working there quite a bit great people um but I was like I gotta I gotta go and like get a different job than this and I emailed um the United because they I was like looking at boxes that came in that I was putting away as a beer buyer Le Chouf, which we sold at the time I'm like oh this company's in Connecticut I'll email them and see like what the deal is uh and then I got an interview off that <laughs> which is like um, normally b only hires people that have been like recommended, like it's very unusual, but they were like, they happened to need someone at the time. Um, So like, sure. Yeah. Uh, They interviewed me. Then LeShouf got bought. So like, it took like, I had my first interview like four months past my second interview and then got hired. And then I, uh, I never left. And um, in 2010 or like, Probably 2008, I started going down to Pennsylvania as, like, my secondary market. I lived in Connecticut, and that was my primary market. Turns out Connecticut um, is not nearly as cool as Philadelphia is. So I – and especially – like, Connecticut – selling beer in Connecticut ruled until uh, the fall of 2008 where there was that big stock crash and all the – because all my beer was um, sold in Fairfield County, which is just all New York. Not all New York uh, stock people who live there, but uh, apparently a lot of people who bought like tons of weird Belgian beer uh, lost their no longer had it so easy in Connecticut, moved down to Philly, which I fell in love with immediately, and uh, still there.
4: I, I
1: love it. I mean, I've known you for shit six, seven years myself. JJ's known you, you know, since he started in the game because, you know, no one's older than JJ.
2: And, you know. Yeah, every now and then I I notice how long I've been doing this and I'm a little bit shocked every time. But, you know, I love it. So I'm not, I never thought when I started doing this, I'd be doing it for such a long time. But like, I'm not going to do anything else. I mean, God forbid.
1: It really kind of becomes that way. And then now it is time in arrogance and nails where we naval gaze. Um, yeah, like you, once you get into this industry, especially like on our side or, you know, like a actual brand rep, you don't leave, you may leave the brewery you work for, but you don't leave, like you just are there the whole time. Like, it's just like, yeah, this is just the lifestyle. You just become so accustomed to it and it becomes this wonderful hug that you just can't leave that's why they don't ever pay us enough no i'm kidding
2: kidding. well you know like in the you know i'm like i'm traveling now i'm not with my wife which i would love to be home um there's all kinds of things that are, are difficult but like then i pull back and i'm like oh i like sell beer for a living i don't uh i have great coworkers, but i don't have to see them uh unless i reach out to them uh and uh i sell a product that i really enjoy um so i'm like yeah, you, you can't beat that. I will I will say you sell
0: some of the most unique European brands on the market. When you come
4: into the store, my ears are <laughs> on radar. Yeah. Right? I was going to say we love when we see Brendan walk through the door because he's always got that backpack and it's like <sighs> he's just reaching in there and grabbing all kinds of like what's he going to pull out of there next? Like every time it's just fantastic and you're very knowledgeable on everything and that's we really appreciate that and it's, it's really great when you come in and yeah, we, we love it.
2: Thanks man. That's really nice. So,
1: so, so please just talk a little bit about a beer. Like, so everybody knows, <laughs> I would say Sam Adams Utopias. It's uh, kind of like a, a brand that people know and it's like, Oh, it's this thing. And it's $300 a bottle and they only make it every other year. And it's possible to get, uh, am I the only person that thinks that Xiaozhu not only tastes very similar? It may be better.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm biased. I'm really because you know, uh, that's but Zhao you from Baladin, It's Zhaoyu. like they basically make uh, a beer and the, like a barley wine, and then like treat it like sherry. So it, like it's fully oxidized. You know, it's it's flat. You can leave it open on your on your counter for six months, and other than getting dust in it, uh, it's not going to really change. Um, but for like kind of a digestive, I think it's like, I haven't had Utopia, Utopias in a while, but I feel like I use like a little bit less sweet in a weird, even though it's quite sweet. It like doesn't yes. have that like bright uh, forward sweetness. Um, the alcohol is a little bit lower, but it's also like significantly less hot. And it's just, uh, just a really nice like dessert thing or just like a little something to, to treat yourself at the end of a meal throw it on some ice cream or something, and it's a, uh, yeah.
1: That's a, that's an expensive yeah. ice cream, but I enjoy that yeah, ice cream. The,
0: Balladin, oh. the that we did the pre-order with this year did really well. That's, that's a, that's a unique brand, man. Nobody ever sees.
2: Yeah, they're like the, I always compare them to like the Sierra Nevada of Italy, where like they started like in the 90s. They're like the biggest craft brewery in Italy, but I mean, comparatively, that's obviously very small. Um, and they make really like, they've just been making great stuff this whole time. Uh, just I, my quarantine hobby this this year, or like, I don't know, if it's a full-on quarantine hobby because it's been in the past like four months, but I've been making uh, ice cream out of like beer and meat and stock, like basically all my work stuff. I've started making ice cream. We got, my wife and I got a, like a churn thing that you could put on a KitchenAid for Christmas. And I was like, I'll make beer ice cream. And then I was send it to my boss. I was like, Hey, I can make some of these for work. He's like, all right, here's like the 12 beers, like make these. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's great. But <laughs> if, if we were just talking about how many calories beer has in it, beer ice cream is, is even <laughs> further. But um, i made like sake ice cream. I made lambic ice cream uh, a couple weeks ago, which I was really confident was going to be a disaster. Cause I thought, the milk would curdle, but we got it in there, and it's it's an uh, an ood Goose ice cream that's kind of I can't decide if I like it or not. It's like uh like sherbet. It's like that creamy sour combo thing.
3: Now you just got to figure out how to put that in cans, and you're you're gonna be
1: making millions, dude.
2: Yeah, man. Yeah, Euro
1: not... oh. milkshakes. And they're real bitches. <laughs> they're real milkshakes. Yep, they're real milkshakes.
3: All right. I gotta cold and our- chain that out to Europe, it's fine.
1: Yeah, that doesn't cost anything. Our last topic is beer beats wine on imports in 2020. I read this, I was shocked, I was happy. And so last year shook up a lot of established norms for the Bev and alcohol industry imports were no exception for the first time ever the value of beer imported into the united states was greater than the value of wine her forms yeah
2: i mean it's i feel like people probably drink their expensive imported wine in restaurants and that's probably also italy had it a little rough last year so those two things together probably uh i don't know if we'll keep that title pretty rough yeah but um Pretty cool though. So, there's a few
1: factors at work domestic wine industry that has matured greatly over the last generation, and a legacy of domestic beer that hasn't, whatever, allowing it to
2: get squeezed by imports. Wait, what? The this article supposes that import beer, and I love imports, I work for an importer, but the idea that we're squeezing out American uh, production is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> but wait
1: <laughs> Mexican beer
2: oh okay alright
1: which is currently 73% of imported beer into the what? United States
0: is that, is that real? Yeah,
1: it is 72.27% uh, percent, and it is worth 5.75
2: billion dollars Well, that's cool. Yo, you know, the big domestic beer companies, when you're getting crushed by Corona in 2020, uh, you know, your your marketing maybe could be better. I mean, Corona's got the best marketing. Sure, we keep talking
3: about it. That's all anybody's talking about. Like, are you serious?
0: How many commercials do you see? They don't even have to do them.
3: No. I see it literally every time I turn my song. Corona It says virus afterwards but it says it Like come
4: on
3: <laughs> Does it make me thirsty? I'm gonna be didn't thirsty like, didn't
4: like their sales drop When the coronavirus first hit people were No like, I think they went up though Didn't they? It went up it like 50% dropped. Or something like oh, so that Oh, it, it was weird
3: it,
1: it dropped 30% in like The March and then it was Almost like this Reverse backlash like No, F you people, this is my beer. And it launched. Yeah, I remember it was just like, holy
3: shit, like a couple months afterwards, like Corona was killing it.
1: You couldn't find it. It They were out of the little fucking seven ounces and everything. And they also have have a
3: seltzer brand, don't they? Yeah, they do. What what is it? Corona seltzer. Oh, is that? Yeah, okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: No, I, I didn't know if it was, like, some random... You know, in, in all
0: honesty, what advertising do they do? I, I don't ever see Corona.
2: I, have you seen the Fast and the Furious film series? Because they've got a pretty good placement. <laughs> yeah, I think right. I think there's also, one of them One where time where in the year
4: at Christmas time when they do the uh, <laughs>
2: I think there's legit... In, like, Fast and the Furious 8, uh, Kurt Russell's like, I like this Belgian ale, and Vin Diesel's like, no, Corona. Like, it legit, like, there's a conversation <laughs> where they discuss that.
3: I would not be surprised with that product placement.
1: It's all about family. <laughs> yeah. <and> corona. La Familia <laughs> says it on the
2: bottom. Um,
1: I, I will, wondering... I,
2: I feel obliged. Uh, be United is now importing two breweries from Mexico, uh, Monstruo de Agua, a collective out of Mexico City, and La Brew, which makes a artisanal, uh, blue corn based lager so um you know check them out what? we're not responsible for the growth in um in mexican beer imports but uh they are really good beers
1: blue corn. uh yeah that was interesting i, mean,
2: I said the same thing. blue corn that's interesting instead that of wheat or is it uh i think it's like kind of you know um it's a corn you know a corn lager corn and that lager. sort of new uh kind of reclaiming that style and using... It's called Mez Azul, so... I'm, you get it? I, well, this is look at. I'm curious. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then the other brewery is like... Uh, they use 20% agave sugar as their fermentable sugar. Oh, hello. Yeah,
1: all right. Uh, is that going to be the title of this week's episode? I'm curious. No. Um, one of the other reasons that foreign wine is down... <laughs> is that both France and Spain have been tariffed from a previous administration heavily. And so French wine is down 20% and Spanish wine is down 12%. And Uh, Italy, which wasn't tariffed, is down only
2: 0.5%. Gotta get Mm. rid of those tariffs, man. I hate tariffs.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Tariffs really don't work. All right. On that bombshell of Tariffs Don't Work, before JJ starts to get mad and starts throwing crayons at us, Uh, I think we should wrap it up. Brendan, thank you so much for coming on with us. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. No, man. Thank you. It was our honor and pleasure. Uh, Thank you for watching Arrogance and Ales.
2: I'm Faraz. JJ. Trevor. How are we (laughs) doing? Josh. Uh, Brendan, BeUnitedINT.com. Follow us on Instagram at BeUnitedINT. Smash <laughs> that <that's
1: a> subscribe <laughs> button! Smash the like button!